Hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So here we are in February, the month of what we have proclaimed here at Joy Found Here, self-love. And today we're talking with Roz Clark. I love, and we've had some doulas on before, and I'm going to lead with, she's known as the dream doula. That can go in so many directions. I can't wait to find out more. But Roz, she helps her clients reconnect with the power and passion of their dream. Okay. Self-love. Let's go. We forget ourselves. We do because it's so easy to put everybody first and, oh, like Eeyore, oh, it's okay. I'll just sit here. Mm -mm, Not anymore. She helps her clients bring to life her mantra, which is your dream is the roadmap to your destiny. I love that she leads with joy and purpose. And it sounds like these are easy words. So we're going to find out from Roz what the hell our problem is. Like, why can't we just do this? Why does it have to be so hard? With that, I say thank you. Thank you for being here and welcome. Thank you. I am so grateful to be here. And it's One, just because of the name, I am your joy and vibrancy and purpose girl. Like that is how I show up in the world. It is who I have been all my life. And, you know, it's not always easy because I grew up in a working class, blue collar neighborhood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm this dreaming girl, you know, I've got Mm -hmm. all of this Mm -hmm. energy and all of these dreams and I'm going to do this and I want to be that. And, you know, and it's like, girl, do do you know where we're from? You know, so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of that, but because that's just my inherent nature, I just had to keep going for it and going after it. And Sure, while life is not rainbows and unicorns, Mm -hmm. I just really do believe that if you set your intention to something and you pour that energy and that joy into it, it is going to manifest in your life. It's going to manifest one way or another. And I think it makes more sense to be intentional about doing that. And so the whole idea of being a dream doula, you know, is like, 
so many times we are pregnant with something that is so amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this part of us that is just crying out to be lived. And for whatever that situation is, we have stuffed it down. We have played small. We put it on the back burner. And it's just like, come on, let's just go. Push, release, allow yourself to live that life of your dreams. And so that's what I'm about helping people do. And what I will say is coming to it, it came from a place of physician heal thyself. You know, so Mm -hmm. it's easy to do it for other people. And yet so often we don't do it for ourselves. Guilty as charged for sure. So you told us a little bit, but I want to tell us about you again, anywhere you want to start. Sure. I I will start once upon a time. Uh (laughs) Like I said, I was this Mm -hmm. ambitious, creative, artistic young African-American woman who lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And in like, you know, I love my hometown. I don't live there anymore because it's a really good place for me to have been from. Mm -hmm. And yet I knew I couldn't become who I needed to be. And so I did have big dreams and it was all in around entertainment at first. I'm a singer by trade. I'm a dancer in my mind. I'm a dancer in my Mm -hmm. mind Mm -hmm. and I am a Mm -hmm. singer in my talent. So that's kind of how it sets up. And so um, I grew up in the African-American church. So the quintessential African-American story grew up in the black church, was Mm -hmm. singing, thought I was going to grow up and be either Patti LaBelle or Diana Ross and change gowns every two songs. Mm -hmm. And when I was around 13, I was identified as a classical soprano. And I had no point of reference for that. I didn't know who Lean Teen Price was at the time. I just, you know, knew what my dream was. And so I pursued, I started, you know, getting training. Every college I applied to was like, yeah, we'll take you in the opera program. And I was like, okay, here we go. So I did that. I turned 21 in Paris, which was just Uh, Yeah, I was touring. (laughs) I was touring with a classical choir. We toured all of France and just as fate would have it on the 12th of May on the tour, it was my birthday turning 21 and we happened to be in Paris. And so that was the trajectory of my life. And so I thought I was on track to be, you know, have this international classical career. And I came back to the States, still working on my craft. I got married and my second child had his first seizure at eight months old. Oh. And so life changed drastically. As Cardi B says, my life's changed drastically. (laughs) (laughs) And so there was this drastic, dramatic change. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, still the joy girl and Mm -hmm. doing all of that stuff and this profound faith that I had. And so I just trusted and believed that I could continue to do it. And I stopped my career, started taking care of my son, founded a nonprofit, modeled very much after Dance Theater of Harlem. Mm -hmm. My cousin was the original firebird for Dance Theater of Harlem. And I was like, well, look, if Mr. Mitchell can do it for dancers of color, why can't I do it for classically trained singers of color? And Mm -hmm. so I did that, ran that nonprofit, touched lives, impacted careers. So what I couldn't do for myself I began to pour out into others and kept doing that. And one of the things, though, that you're mentioning is just because we can do something Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we should do something. Mm -hmm. So 
while it was an amazing ride, it was an amazing experience, and I'm so grateful for it, I didn't have the balance because I was always pouring out. And so I was pouring out in so many different directions, special needs child, Mm -hmm. um, my daughter who was highly gifted, and then the person that I was married to, who is now my husband, (laughs) things just went really south. Love that. And the marriage became very toxic, very dysfunctional. So after 30 years, I made the decision to leave. 30 years, I was like, I'm done. I can't believe this story isn't even close to me. I I think there's a lot more. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm thinking, holy shit, what a set of balls. And she's not even done yet. Okay, go ahead. I'm listening. And you're so (laughs) right. Not even done. And, you know, and I have people who would reach out to me, you know, like, well, isn't it scary to be alone? Aren't you afraid to be alone? And what I told them was, no, what I'm afraid of is not living my life full out, not becoming the person that I know that I'm meant to be. And so I left and it was not good. I was actually homeless for three months. And yet in all of my working, and by this time I'm coaching, so I'm coaching Mm -hmm. different people and I'm doing speaking and all of that. And I had to use every tool that I had in my toolbox to make that happen for me. And so the very, very cool thing about it was within a year's time of me leaving, three months of homelessness, a year later, for the first time since I was 21 years old, I flew first class to Paris. And I celebrated my birth and my rebirth in Paris. And then I took the train down to the Riviera because I love trains. And so Mm -hmm. I was five days in Paris, five days on the Riviera and just came, you know, allowed all of who I am. So I touched that 21 year old girl again Mm -hmm. and I told her that I see you and I love you and I'm making room for you again. And so I don't need to be 21 to do that. And yet I do need to allow my life to be informed by her. That is the most beautiful thing that I have heard because it's so true. And it's something that I want to say we all need, but I don't want to put everybody under that umbrella. You knew from a young age and your parents where they just like, well, that's Roz for you. Nope. She's, she's our firecracker. She's gonna, did they look at each other? We're like, I don't know. I I don't, do you know? I don't know. Or did they be, because you were how old when you realized they were, you were the soprano and then the training. So it sounds like they were just like, "Mm -hmm, sure thing. Let's go. Oh, you wanted that one too? Sure. We'll go. It wasn't quite that because I think in a lot of ways it was scary for them. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you got to figure, you know, this is in, I graduate. So this was in the seventies. And okay. so, mm-hmm. you know, Same they're mm-hmm. informed by the fifties and the sixties. Right. And so here is your daughter with these big dreams. And my dad, let God rest his soul. He said to me at one time, he said, but honey, you're smart. You could have a real job. And I was like, but daddy, this is what I'm meant to do. So it wasn't like, yay, I think it was cute while I was in dance classes and it was Mm -hmm. cute to come to the recitals. And then they were like, oh, wait a minute. Mm. She really means this thing. She's really going to go after it. So while they did absolutely support me going to Paris, 
you know, because it was a great opportunity. There was mm-hmm. a part of them that was really Worried. afraid for me, too yeah. concerned. And, and what happened for me is there were three kind of camps that people fell in. The, the people that were like, yay, do yeah, it. Hercules. And then mm-hmm. there were the people who were scared for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there was the group that was scared of me because mm. me going after something that big was a mirror for them playing small. Yep. And yep. so I learned to navigate all of that. And again, fortunately, because of my inherent nature, I was never like, oh, they hate me. Like, I've never been that anxious. Yeah, I don't artist. I don't think you ever quite worried about that because you were just like, okay, next. And you're just going to, you're going to find your tribe wherever you go. Exactly. And that's kind of how the coaching piece came because first mm-hmm. I was coaching artists. And like going back to what you were saying, me being a dreamer, I wanted to bring everybody with me. Like, oh, come on, we can do mm-hmm. that. Let's have a show. You know, I was literally that annoying person, you know, and then what I learned was you can't help everybody. No. And so you have to get super intentional on who can you help and how can you help them? And so my work is primarily with women who feel trapped in the lives that they've created. Like they've had success. They may be in the C-suite and have done really well, or they may have status Mm -hmm. or whatever. And yet again, there's this part of them that got lost in going after all the things that people said that they should do. And so my work is really around what is that still small voice that is crying out in you to be lived? What is that thing that is whispering to you? And to not be afraid of that and know, like you said, that leaving, you know, what looked like Shangri-La on the outside, it was like a hot mess on the inside at 59. Like, yeah, it takes cojones to do it. And yet the flip of it for me was like, was I going to punk out on my dreams and keep playing small to make somebody Mm -hmm. else feel big. So you, within a year, obviously, then you're coaching, you become more intentional. At this point, the doula, the dream doula, is that where that came around? I kid you not. Maybe the actual name, but the part of me, and I was just talking to one of my girlfriends that I've known since Mm -hmm. uh, junior high school and her life went in a different direction. And yet we're still really close friends. We love each other and whatever. And people used to say, even when we were younger, don't tell Raj your dreams unless you really want to work on them. So, yeah, I've always been that. And so my girlfriend and I were laughing because we know kind of in hindsight that it was probably some kind of depression or whatever, Mm -hmm. but there Mm -hmm. were days that she would just say to me, I love you, but I can't talk to you today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she needed to be present with whatever that pain or whatever that darkness was. And it was like, I don't have the whatever to navigate you loving into me and trying to pull me out of it. I need to rest here. And one of the things that I said to her when we were talking, I was like, how amazing is it? That at that young age, our friendship was able to survive you telling me that. Because you Mm -hmm. think about you're in high school and one of your closest friends says, I can't talk to you today. And fortunately, forget even back then, I mean, now, and, you know, people don't even have the art of conversation or they'll type it on a screen or 
so much as getting lost with social media. But yeah, back then where you were just like so secure and I'm sure you had doubts. I'm sure you had a little voice somewhere along the line that might chirp in your ear just a little, but that wasn't doesn't appear to be the norm because you you saw the glass was not only half full, it was pouring over. Yeah. And I think the thing with me was I was always a fighter. I wasn't willing to accept anything else. You know, the pendulum can swing too far in one direction or the other. Mm-hmm. And yet that fight in me is what allowed me to survive. It allowed me to show up and keep saying, oh, I can work this out. And again, that was the imbalance because Mm -hmm. you're in 50 shades of crazy for 30 years. Or, And I'll be fair, maybe it was 50 shades of crazy for 15 to 20 years, whatever that is. And yet you keep saying, I can help you. I can fix it. I can fix it. Yeah, because I'm a rescuer by nature. And yet the ownership that I had to do when I decided I was done and I was super fair, you know, was like, okay, we can work on making it better or we can go in a different direction, you know, and I I give you an opportunity to join me in that. And it didn't work out that way. Mm -hmm. That wasn't Mm -hmm. their choice. And so me being able to say, okay, I'm moving forward. And I, I want to move forward in an amicable way. I want to move forward in a peaceful way. That didn't happen either. And yet being able to release people to the outcomes of their choices and mm-hmm. not let yourself be attached to it energetically. So when we're talking about self-love, you know, when mm-hmm. we really look at what does self-love look like, we have to look at where we put our energy. I love how Tony Robbins says where focus goes, energy flows. Mm-hmm. And so if we focus on fighting, and that's what I had to learn was how to temper that. So if we focus on being angry, if we focus on proving ourselves right, if we focus on proving them wrong, if we focus on you deserve that or karma is mm-hmm, a bitch mm-hmm. and she's coming for you, you know, if you put your energy towards that, you're drawing that to you. Yep. So in the release, no matter what happened, no matter how it happened, own your part. Okay. I own my part that I'm a rescuer. And in some ways, some, some circles, I would be called an enabler. Mm -hmm. And so I own that part of it. I say that I see that now I've grown to the point that I no longer wish to be that. And I love myself enough to stop being that. That's a whole other conversation then people say, well, they won't let me. Well, they did that. That's what self-love is, is to be able to look at yourself, own your part. Mm -hmm. As my grandmother used to say, you went too far, you stayed too long, and you paid too much. And yet you just have to say, okay, Mm -hmm. I own my part. And what I'm really excited about, though, is what is for me. So I can either focus on what happened and what I'm not going to tolerate and blah, 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 or I can say, this is for me. Joy is for me. Serving is for me. Creating a tribe of like-minded people is for me. 
So that is, again, the work that I do, the work that I bring. And when you talk about being a doula, if you use that analogy, the labor pains and the cramping and the mm-hmm. pain in your back or whatever that is, each stage, as you begin to let that part of you evolve and flow and grow, you don't have to say, well, I gave my best years. No, I didn't. Because I am living the life like it's golden right now. Right. You were so honest with yourself. Yeah. And that makes such a difference. I mean, and I'm sure there might have been days where you're like, Roz, what the fuck? Why, you know, why do you, I don't think you stayed too long there. Right. I think your grandmother would have been proud to be like, (laughs) okay, we're going to just walk past it, visit, wave from across the street and keep moving because you owned it. So there's no finger pointing. A relationship is two people. Does it matter on the piece of paper what the percentages are? No. It matters that it's ran its course. See you later. You got a life to live. Exactly. And it was an important life to live. And the other thing is the part with my adult son with special needs, Mm -hmm. all of that fell to me. And yet I knew that one, I didn't want my daughter to have to do anything but make decisions on her brother's behalf. I didn't want her and I don't want her to take on the responsibility of, I have to be financially responsible for my brother. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're building a business, when you're building a brand, whatever, people always tell you, have a compelling why. I have one of the most compelling whys in the world because if I don't do it, it doesn't happen. So, Building, you know, a special needs trust for my son and making sure that there's legacy. And again, my daughter only has to make decisions. That's my why. That's my passion. And my why in serving and especially serving women is I want women to be able to walk in their power and not be ball busters. You don't have to be that to walk in your power. You just have to be able to say, You know, if you feel trapped in a C-suite, okay, I've got this beautiful gilded cage. Well, sweetie, you built the cage and that's okay, but the cage has a door. You really want to get to what is your passion? What do you want to do that you love? You can get paid well for doing what you love. You just have to be willing to say, okay, I've got to own that and move into it. Yes, we can talk about the scary parts, of course. And yet again, that's why I say our dreams are the roadmap to our destiny. That dream, you know, if you even just go back and ask your friends or your family, what was I like when I was younger? Like you asked me and they're Mm -hmm. like, you were always doing so-and-so. And you're like, wow, I forgot about that part of me. Mm. And yet that part of you is what makes you so rich and so special. That part of you that said, I'm going to do a podcast about joy and find women that I'm interested in talking to, because I know there's another woman like me somewhere who needs to hear what I'm interested in talking about. And you just did the darn thing. Eventually I did. I did talk about it for probably three years. And then when I'm sure AI had something to do with putting an ad in my in my feed and the rest is really history. Ignorance is bliss. I definitely am so appreciative of that. 
And it's funny because one of my earlier guests, and it's a woman that I use, and and she's channels angels, and she's she's giving a nice reading, and you know which angels are around you and such. And she gave me a reading like right after I started, and she's got obviously medium um, talents, but never used that. Like we're all about the angels and she'll read some cards and this is all done remote. And so I just started the podcast and I just do my reading because I usually have her read me like once a year. And she started asking questions about my mother and my mother died young. My mother died at 52. I was 24, pregnant with my first daughter. And I'm like, well, this is really weird, but okay. Anytime my mother comes through, I'm happy. And, you know, then started asking questions about, let's say my grandmother. And I'm like, huh. I mean, going on and on. And she says, um, they're so happy that you're giving their stories a voice. Yeah. What the hell? Like what in the world was that? All I did was I just want to talk with the microphone. (laughs) I think when it's, the right thing for you or the one that just feels easy, it fits into place. And you had a lot at stake. Yeah. You had a lot at stake, but you also, very compelling why, failure was not an option. Done. Exactly. Like you were doing this or something else, but whatever it was, it was going to work. Yeah, absolutely. And again, what, what happens too is then you start attracting the mm-hmm. right people. And I'm sure we've all gone through it. You know, you do the marketing. Okay, who's your niche? Who's your, who's your avatar? What right. da, 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 You know, all of that. <laughs> and when I stopped pushing that part and just kept showing up fully and authentically as myself, that's why I'm drawing those ideal clients who are ready. You know, I mm-hmm. call them dream clients. You know, because of course I do. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> They're my dream clients because they're ready and and they see themselves in me or they see a part in me that they want for themselves. Like I have one, one client who I adore and she's just doing great things. And she was like, I would see the freedom in your post and in your pictures. And I knew I wanted that because she had, you know, climbed the corporate ladder and had Mm -hmm. done that. And yet she is one of the most creative people. She's a brilliant storyteller. And so after working together, I was able to help her see that, pull that out and put that forward. And when I tell you things have just taken off for her. Can only imagine. Yeah. And isn't it so interesting that that some of the most talented people either just don't see their gold and their talent or they're wildly talented. I have very creative friends. I also, I sew, I create, I wonder, but yet so many people are sitting on their, on their gold. Absolutely. And I, I, and again, I think part of it is playing small. They let someone else tell them Mm -hmm. who they should be Mm -hmm. and how they should show up in the world. Even like my dad, go to school, get a job, da, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, and yet that part of me, I have a brilliant friend um, who is phenomenal musician, has worked on Broadway and everything like that. And he puts it, he was like, if I don't play, I can't breathe. Like mm. I could not breathe. And I think the other part of it is people are afraid, like, 
I would love to do that, but I got bills to pay. No, if you have a gift, your gift will make room for you. Your gift is your gift. That's why you have it. That's the key. Now you can play the other game. You can play somebody else's game because it's all mapped out for you. And yet the truth is your greatness, your voice, whatever that is, like your friend, your ability to put colors together and make make bouquets and and arrangements, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. your ability to speak, your ability to tell stories, your ability to motivate people. That gift that we have is what matters so much. And we discounted because, again, people who were afraid for us, it's like, oh, honey, get your head out of the clouds or whatever Mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. And so we were taught at a very early age, and especially women more so, to play small, to be nice, to be Mm -hmm. quiet. Yeah. You know, all don't outshine, don't, don't outshine, don't be, don't outshine, don't, yeah, outshine, yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. that's just absolute bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. like girls shine that light, go ahead, <laughs> do a strobe light, whatever it takes, like do that thing <laughs> and let your light shine because there's somebody who you are actually their north star, mm. and so if your light doesn't shine, they stay lost. So true. So part of the doula process, your dream doula process, and you get to this point where your client is going to be, all right, Roz, I'm here and I checked all the boxes. I did everything I was supposed to do. And then a funny thing happened. I started thinking for myself and maybe even started questioning, you know, well, I did this because they said this. And why people think that they can only do one thing. If I gave you the list of the litany of all of the occupations and all of the jobs I've had in my career, we'd still be here tomorrow because none of those positions ever identified me. They were just jobs at the time until the next, until the next. They were just little foundations or jump points to fund this that I wanted to do. And I think the other part is too, so many times we think it has to be either or. Mm -hmm. And you had said something like, was there ever a moment of self-talk for me? You know, and I think that the one moment that I had was I'll never bet on the wrong horse again. And then I sat with that for a minute. and I was like, now that language doesn't serve me. And so what I said was, I'll never bet against myself again. There you go. And so there's that ownership that we have. And it's the same thing with people who say, well, but I did this and I did that. But wait a minute. The great thing about that is look at the skill sets that you have. Look at the things that you've learned. You didn't Mm -hmm. waste that time. All of that is coming to pour into the next iteration of who you are and the way that you begin to incorporate more of yourself into your life. And even that language, like, what do you mean? How do I incorporate more of myself into my life? I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. And actually, are you? Right. That part. <laughs> that <I> really? Part. <laughs> yeah. So and, yes, and- we don't have to judge it. When we move to something different, we don't have to judge it. We have to give ourselves permission. And that, mm-hmm. that was a big thing for mm-hmm. me for marriage because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm a woman of my word and my vows mean this and mm-hmm. E-I-E-I-O. And then it was like, yeah. 30 years I, later, E-I-E-I-O, that, right. you know, that lady clearly should have sang earlier from what you say. 
Yeah, absolutely. But it was me. It was me who had to get Mm -hmm. out of the way and Mm -hmm. say, it's okay. It's okay for you to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. It's okay. Facts make facts. And Mm -hmm. yet I'll put it this way. That doesn't make anybody necessarily right or wrong. It's what is right for me in this moment. How do I show up fully and authentically as myself? And I know that with that weight and that baggage, I could not be serving in the way that I'm serving right now. Right. I just couldn't be doing that. I'm not telling anybody to blow up their lives. Mm -hmm. What I I want everybody to do is get connected with the core of your being, that part of you that you could do it in your sleep or that you can't sleep because you keep thinking about it and you wake up and you Mm. want to do it. That idea wakes you up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That part is just, it's amazing. So it sounds like if I'm hearing this, that, One of the first steps that people can do is stay, get a little quiet. Yes. And then pay attention to, I'll say, either the repeated pattern, the repeated thought, the, oh, that again, and and give that a little more life. Yeah. For me, mindset is everything. That's like the foundation of all of Mm -hmm. my work when you have a mindful practice and you start listening or you start asking the right questions, one really simple exercise that I'll I'll share that everybody can do. If you're not sure what the next right step is, get quiet before you go to bed, turn off everything electronic. Mm -hmm. Don't think about it. Just Mm -hmm. take some, you know, some quiet time, be it a shower, a bath, whatever that is. And the last thing that you do before you go to sleep is you just say, what is the next right step? Just ask. If you have a faith practice, ask what Mm -hmm. you believe in. And if not, just be open to asking, what is the next right step? And I promise phone calls will come, text will come. Things will just happen so incredibly fast. Everything may not open up and yet the answers, the next steps, they will come to you. They will show itself. Yes. And and hopefully that day your eyes are open to see. Yes. A lot of times answers do come, but then we can rationalize a lot of like, huh, isn't that funny? Hmm. Yeah, I thought about that the other day, but yeah, nope, I'm going on to my next stop and... <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, hey, it's me. It's, you know, with the big sign holding it up. But we aren't always ready to see it right away. And then I find that it can show itself in a lot of creative ways. Yeah, I totally agree. And to your point, like sometimes, if especially if it's like a dream, it's like, well, look, my dream was to be an, an Olympic ice skater. You know, I'm not uh-huh. going to have my dream. <laughs> and yet, and I've literally had people do that. I've told them, just get back on the ice. Hmm. And what it does is when you're aligned again and you're flowing and stuff and you're doing whatever that is, new ideas will come. Yeah. Because that is a part of who you are. And so that may be your meditation, whatever that is, get back to that part of you that you either forgot about or didn't allow to live or whatever. And so much of who we are and how we are intended to live this life. It's there for us. It's so available to us. And I just think it's super important to keep going back, to keep 
touching and keep reaching back and keep loving ourselves. That's the most important thing in the world. You know, the more you can get in your face, get in that mirror and just love on yourself and not, but, you know, cause mm-hmm, like we as mm-hmm. women will say stuff like, well, I don't want to sound, well, I don't want to, you know, instead of just saying, I am so friggin' gifted. I am rocking it today. God, look at me. Yes. And let's go. Yes. Red lips. Gotta yes. go. Let's, let's move. go. Mm-hmm. Celebrating ourselves unapologetically. Love that. Love in our self-care love month. Yay. So where are we going to find you, Roz? We're going to search you out. Where's everybody going to look you up? So you are going to find me at Roz, R-O-Z, Roz Diva Nation. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. That's where I am, LinkedIn. So yeah, that's it's Roz Diva Nation. You have a tribe, do you? I do. And what's interesting though, like I'm not a big number girl, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have millions yep. of followers or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have the followers that I am for. The community. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. ones that need you, the ones yes. that found you. Absolutely. Cause I love my tribe. Yeah. Everybody needs one. It doesn't have to be thousands, hundreds, just a little, but yeah. everybody needs one. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. Couldn't agree more. It really does bring it back. This has been wonderful. And forget pearls. It was just total solid gold. So, so glad we got together. And all right, everybody, I know the comments that are going to be heading to joyfoundhere.com. That's right. And again, five stars, five stars, Apple, five stars, Spotify. So In the event that you only filled in the four, no, don't even bother. Thanks anyway. Hold that for someone else. We only deliver five-star episodes. That's what we bring. Until the next time, take some time for you. Remind yourself you are a goddess and you are so worth it. Be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Joy Found Here Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.